0: Well, hello there. Welcome to the show for students who want to know what undergraduate research is like. I'm your host Griffin, and in this episode we'll be speaking to Alice, who's an honours student here at the ANU, where she's researching the origins of modern-day plankton. We will look at how emails play a vital role in helping undergraduates discover new opportunities the power of a good supervisor, how by doing one project, it can lead to opportunities you didn't know existed, and finally, the struggles of science communication. I would also like to thank the Centre of Public Awareness of Science for allowing us to use their studio. Alright, let's get into it. Well, hello Alice. How are you going? Hello, nice to be here. <laughs> uh, let's start
1: off easy. How's your day been? <laughs> so far, so good. I had a, It's like my one day off a week, so I'm crashing real hard right now, but it's going okay. Nice.
0: Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you're now an undergraduate. You're doing your honors. I hope you're enjoying it, at the very <laughs> least. It sounds l- like you were saying earlier that you're glad that you've got a day off, so it's probably kind of stressful.
1: Mm-hmm. It's definitely a, a labour of love. It's a lot of time, but I think it's worth it.
0: How would you describe... If you were to describe what you then were doing in your honours to, like, someone that, like, isn't within your field.
1: The way I mean, I've described it to people in the past is I'm looking for... I'm looking in old rocks for chemical traces of ancient life. So, specifically plankton, in
0: my case. So, you're looking for... Um, when you say, like old life is it like some of the first life or is it
1: so in this case it's not so much uh first life but first instances of modern plankton so there's been a few different stages of primary producers so things at the very bottom of the food chain throughout history and uh i'm looking into when our modern plankton so the things that sustain us now and the things that created the ecosystems we know now first appeared
0: so in terms of then like that importance it's because plankton kind of is like like when you're explaining like the food chain sorry you've got like when like could you explain that a little bit more yeah
1: absolutely so everything more common life as we know it stems its energy from the sun and so we need something to take the sun and turn it into something that we can use so primary producers are Like classically what you know is like plants, but in the ocean it's things like plankton and algae, and they're the base primary producer of the ocean. So the types of plankton and things that you're getting shape the things that come higher in the food chain. So if you've got plankton that have harder skeletons on the outside, you need a fish or a krill or a shrimp or whatever that can deal with getting through that. So the different types of plankton you have shape everything in the level going above, and also how much energy they can actually provide into the food chain. So the, what's so exciting about our modern plankton is some of them did have these sort of tougher skeletons and they were also sort of larger. So they're sort of adding a lot more energy up the food chain so we could get a lot more bigger, complex things like we get in our oceans today.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I was wondering, how was that process of actually getting to this stage?
1: It wasn't linear, I'll tell you that much. I started my degree doing biology with a a view to sort of looking at animals and very quickly I discovered that I also had a passion for geology so rocks and all those sorts of stuff so I immediately from the very get-go I split my degree and because I didn't want to choose one to be my minor I just majored in biology and in earth sciences and so all through my entire degree I spent the entire time sort of trying to find a middle ground between the two of them and discovering there wasn't very much there. And so one avenue I sort of pursued is I did a research project looking at soils because I was like, this is sort of a good marrying of sort of plants and ecosystems and also a marrying of like earth sciences. And I quickly discovered, even though I really liked the fieldwork, the actual content wasn't really for me. Uh, And so I tried another research project, which I suppose is allowed. You don't have to really bookend yourself in an undergraduate degree. I think that's sort of the whole fun of it. You can make mistakes and try something else. And I tried looking into sort of more of a geo biology route so sort of geochemistry as well and so I did a research project looking at specific uh, chemical traces in rocks that can be linked back to different biological origins and I looked at it and I went this is kind of funky and so did that project really enjoyed it and I reached out to the person who supervised me on that and asked them if I could do an honours with them and they were thrilled to have me.
0: (laughs) So in terms of the projects you've done you've done a total of two Mm -hmm. projects prior to your honours? Yep that's right. And how did you end up finding your first project? So they
1: actually had both very different origins. So one of them, I did a summer internship with the School of Biology. Um, Doing it from a biology angle, we were setting up sort of an environmental monitoring station in some alpine regions around Australia, which was really cool. I loved the fieldwork. It was fantastic. Um, And then I reached the end of that and I was like, oh, it's a real shame to see this internship go. I'd love to do something involved with it. And they mentioned that they had a geology sort of side of it who were still looking into it, looking more at the hydrology, so the stuff going on beneath their field sites. And I went, I would love to hop on that. And so I helped on that team through an internship with biology that then transitioned actually to a research uh, project with geologists who actually weren't even based at ANU, they were based at University of Canberra. Um, Lovely people, really, really nice. But then for my other research project it was just i'd taken a course and the course convener um he would talk about his research as lecturers tend to do and i thought it sounded really interesting so i just reached out and most lecturers most academics in general are just really excited to have someone passionate about their research so if you approach a lot of them they will happily talk to you and depending on the situation if you ask them for something like a research project or an honors they will certainly consider you
0: nice but you were telling me earlier that you had two prior research experiences and that was in your third year Yep, at the same time
1: not quite at the same time but one semester
0: after another oh, wow Yep. that would have been intense
1: it actually wasn't too bad really? i as intense as they can be they were sort of just so different from doing a normal course that they almost felt like a break just because they were fresh and interesting. So it was actually really nice to... It almost felt like doing three courses instead of doing four. That? Even though it was it was still a lot of work, especially at the end when I poorly managed my time and had to write all the writing in like one or two weeks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a very typical student approach, isn't it? <laughs> yep,
1: I'm going to relate to the people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I love that. And so you did... Um, you're, so you did both of them third year. Was there any particular reason it took you so long to get there?
1: I just didn't know they existed. I went through my entire uni career and I never knew that research projects existed until like the beginning of third year and then I got my, got my form in right on the deadline.
0: Was there, like, how did you find out about that first one?
1: It was actually just sort of a weird sort of like domino effect of events. So I randomly opened an email one day randomly saw a thing that said i could do a summer internship randomly put in a thing and got it and then i really enjoyed that internship and wanted to keep doing it but like obviously something like that's not going to fit around your classes and they went well you can do it as a course you can do a research project and i went what's a research project and they went well here you go here's all this paperwork and so i signed the paperwork and i did that first one so i suppose it pretty much did fall into my lap that first one and the second one was i really enjoyed my first one but it wasn't quite what I wanted to keep doing. And so I had a lecturer who, as lecturers I want to do, talked a lot about his research uh, during his class. And afterwards I went, "Your research is really cool. Can I do a research project with you? Because now I knew the terminology. I knew research projects existed. So I was like, can I do this? And he was like, sure. And so that's sort of how I ended up in both of them.
0: That's really cool. So the first one was by chance. And the second one was because you had a bit more understanding of how to get there.
1: Yep, I knew
0: I knew what to ask for. And so yeah. I guess in both cases, your supervisors have been pretty nice and open about it, hey?
1: Yep, they've been just delightful both times. Definitely finding a good supervisor is really important. And you need to find one that I suppose, I don't know, sort of adheres to your needs. Because some supervisors work really well for some people and some don't, because both of my supervisors are lovely, but they're both very different. So the one I had for my first project was very much... Almost sort of like a motherly figure, she would be there, just checking in, making sure you're okay. And the second one, uh, sort of more structured, more of an academic standpoint, and just sort of giving you the academic support you needed.
0: Yeah. Um, with them, then, so like obviously, like you're talking, you're talking about them being, you know, uh, like you need to have like a good supervisor have any tips on how to find them or were you just lucky in both cases that you got good ones?
1: I did get lucky, but there's definitely some like tells that you can sort of pick on. So classically, a supervisor is going to be probably someone you've had for a course or been referred to by like a course convener. And what I would say is find someone who like their teaching style sort of speaks to you or the way that they talk about their research seems really engaging and also even just talk to like other people working in their lab, like other oddness students. PhD students are your best friends, like especially if you're doing a project. And even if you're just looking into doing a project, because they, they won't beat around the bush. They will tell it how it is.
0: <laughs> oh, I love that. That's really cool. So I take it then, like in terms of your experience within research, since you've had now three occurrences, oh, God. like have they been good, bad? I've right. really
1: enjoyed all of them. Uh, it's definitely a matter of you've got to make sure you're on top of your time management. I won't claim to be the most fantastically organised person, so it's definitely possible if you're not. But, yeah, as long as it's a subject area that you're really interested in and you're willing to put in the work, it's definitely worth it. Because research, I was surprised to discover... or well not surprised, but it just sort of sneaks up on you. It's very self-driven. If you're not driving yourself, it's just not going to get done.
0: Yeah, it's just... It tends to be, hey, where you just, it kind of just comes out of you like some weird man (laughs) in the dark. Basically, (laughs)
1: legitimately a weird man in the dark on my laptop, like catching up on something that I should have done weeks ago. And you realise it's just like. (laughs) Pretty much. No, that's exactly what it's like.
0: So you've mentioned earlier about academics wanting to share. What's your experience in sharing your own research?
1: I've had quite a good time in terms of sharing it with like my friends and my family, but in terms of actually sort of sharing it more broadly, there hasn't been too much opportunity um, unless you sort of really actively go seek it out. So certainly with the little research projects, it did feel a little sad at the end to not really be able to see what happens with it. And that's kind of understandable because it's an undergraduate research project. You're just sort of doing some grunt work for the lab groups, basically. Um, so. Nothing much seemed to come of it. I might be wrong, but clearly they haven't communicated that to me. Um, but honest is a bit better. There's definitely been a lot more opportunities.
0: Better in which way?
1: Uh, we sort of just got more opportunities to really show off what we're doing, partially because it's a bigger project. I suppose they kind of need that outlet. Um, but there's a lot of little opportunities that pop up, either pushed by my supervisor or like the school in general. So it's quite common that they'll host like student symposiums and things like that, which so far I've been a coward and not actually done. But uh, there's plenty of them around for people who do have their data already and want to present it to someone or even just present it to someone to get feedback
0: for their like final presentations and things like that. So does your supervisor help you in any way to be able to like platform like that communication or is it a lot of on your own?
1: Actually, my supervisor is really good um, throughout his actual course. He was talking about how he'd gotten into academia and found that there were academics out there who couldn't present their work. So he has actually put on quite, uh, not pressure, but he just has a good focus on here's how you present and here's how you present well. Um, So we have gotten a fair few opportunities to even just in our lab group meetings, it'll often be like somebody's going to present every week, whether or not they have much to present. Um, So it's really good practice for doing it in that regard, even if it doesn't reach very far.
0: Yeah, and in terms of going through that process, I take it you've probably presented your project a couple of times during that. Yeah, yeah. What were, like, some of the challenges you found?
1: So I I really enjoy public speaking. I There's not many people out there who do, but I really do. So my big issue then is reining myself in, and I'm really bad at uh, sort of keeping to a roster. So I sort of... I don't really rehearse it ahead of time and I probably should because there's certainly been times where I've just gone way over time or gotten really off topic in my attempt to just sort of cover everything. So I think the big thing for me that I need to focus on is reining myself in and making my talks a bit more structured and just presentations in general.
0: Thanks for coming. Thanks thanks for being here, Alice. It's been lovely to have a chat with you. It was good fun. Uh, do you have anything to plug? I wish yeah, I <laughs> got 30 seconds straight to what? Go. Well, there's always milk Mondays. <laughs>
1: that sounds so cursed out of context. I'm squandering these 30 seconds. Milk Mondays might become a thing. Who knows? If not, I don't know. Just maybe look out for my name on a paper in the future. Who knows? Fingers crossed.
0: <laughs> Amazing.
1: <laughs> That's the way it goes. <laughs> I can't believe I actually talked about Milk Mondays. Mondays is we're trying a whole bunch of different flavoured milk and we're making a record of it so that you don't have to <laughs> 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 I'm sane I swear reach the whole end of that podcast only to discover that the person who's being interviewed is unhinged my yep. advice is sound I swear